This episode of Blitzed is brought to you by Rip Curl and the Searching for Tom Curran 25th Anniversary Screenings, which will be happening right throughout March in Australia and New Zealand. Man, oh man, the idea of getting to watch Searching for Tom Curran on the big screen with a live musical performance by TC and a Q&A afterwards with the editor of Tracks and star of Make or Break, Luke Babaganoush Kennedy. Oh, f- f- the froth glands are pretty much at full lactation. It is a puddle of froth right now. Here are some dates for you. March 11 at the Astor Theatre in Melbourne. March 16 at the Avondale in Auckland. March 21 at the Orpheum, the Grand Old Orpheum in Sydney. And uh, the Hoda on the Gold Coast, March 23. And Warren Ponds, uh, the Reading Cinema there on March 31. There will be musical performances by TC, as mentioned. Uh, the screening of the film, which has been lovingly remastered by Sonny Miller's friend and collaborator, Derek Hoffman. And as I said, the Q&A with Tom Curran. He will be at these screenings. Oh no, this is, this is one you just can't miss. So uh, check those dates at ripcurl.com and get along to a show once in a lifetime chance to cop this on the big screen. The surfing is timeless. Tom Curran is timeless. Epic, epic stuff. Roll up your sleeves and grit your teeth, Smithy. Because Ain't That Swell Live is back, baby. The Aussie leg. Welcome back to the live show's experience. Shenanigans, degenerate surf radio at its absolute finest. Coming to a venue near you. That's right, Vaughn. We're hitting the frog and toad, the cornhole full of shenanigans. And uh, look, it's all going to be below the belt and uh, around the chops and... uh, Fairy muff and whatnot, but uh, it's going to be on for young and old, put it that way. Head highs, spear tackles, coat hangers, we're bringing the work, Smithy. We're going to pile drive this Australian tour straight into the cornhole, my friend. It's the True Grit Aussie Tour. Jump online, tickets are available now at theswellians.com. Bells Beach, mate, is already on sale. Joel Parkinson and Mason Ho confirmed. More guests to be announced. Keep an eye out at a venue near you. Ain't that swell live? Coming to get ya. Competition surfing. Rashes. Oh, yeah. Welcome to Blitzed Pure Tour Nerdism. The Panish Pro at Super Tubes is a wrap, and it was pretty entertaining. I've got to say, Vaughn uh, scored fairly high on the chat rating. What'd you give it? A three point five. Yeah, three point five. I just thought the uh, the final day of the contest was pretty all time, uh, cooking at times, even. But. Uh, yeah, Dr. Point and a half because the early rounds were absolute horse shit. <laughs> and geez, it threw a spanner in the works for some of the big names in the draw. Yeah, I mean, it took a while to get going, but once things kicked in, it had more drama than Home and Away, mate. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh. Everywhere you looked. It really did. It, it had echoes of Summer Bay at times or Winter Bay or just sardine-smelling bay as it's known uh, when I was there. Joint reeks of fucking fish. But, mm. geez, it can turn out a thick, throaty cone. Yeah. It, it, just, it was amazing, eh? Like, everywhere you looked in those, those big days, there was just upsets and plot twists and surprises and explosions. Uh, and I just thought the overlapping heats on the final day there was just fucking mesmerizing viewing, eh? Like, it almost feels like it should be like that all the time. Just because four guys in the water is so fun to watch. It brings like a real hustle element to the start of each heat. So instead of just everyone having their strategies and, and sort of picking their kind of slow-moving chess match vibe, like, you're out there fucking just trying to get some sort of advantage in that first 20 minutes and when it's like big and chunky armageddon like lineup like super tubos you know eight foot high ten foot thick she's panese what a spectacle smithy yeah it's so interesting the overlapping heats it, it really gives you a chance to compare the the various surfers in the water and their approaches like i saw one heat it really stuck out for me it was almost my uh, heat of the event. It was the, the Ryan Callan and Jack Robinson round of 16 heat. And why I found it mm. so fascinating is because the heat before them uh, was Ian Gentile and Sammy Pupo, I believe. And, you know, these two guys, Sammy Pupo and Gentile, could barely get over a three or a four. You know, they were just scrapping for any section, uh, just really struggling to get a turn off. I think, I think Sammy wanted on the buzzer with a... Uh, a pretty corked air rev on a ugly section. But the f- at the first half of Jack and Callanan's non-priority heat, they're out there just finding nugs everywhere. And it's like you're watching mm. two different heats in two different waves or sets of conditions, but you're not. It's just the read of Jack Robinson in those conditions is on another planet to those guys. He is oh. leagues apart. Yep. I mean, if there is any tubes to be found, he is in them. And even when there's not, he's in them. I don't know. He's a, he is, as Strider called him in the broadcast, a waterbender, uh, a vortex shaman, as you call him, Vaughn. But uh, that was a mm. great heat. Uh, Ryan Callan putting on a real show too, just stuffing his face on a couple of absolute nuggets, keeping pace with the vortex shaman. But ultimately getting done. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. One of my big takeaways from this contest was just the fucking pure admiration I felt for the skill and commitment of the athletes in this event. Like, because it's one thing to marvel at, like, eight-foot J-Bay being, you know, surgically sliced to ribbons by Ethan Hewing. It's another thing to see sort of Chopes and Pipe get skewered by the likes of Goat and Jack-Jack and John-John. But with only a few exceptions... So much of this entire field blew my head off with surfing in waves that were fucking Dr. Strangelove, atomic bomb raining, fucking craziness. And I just wanted to doff the cap to a lot of the surfing I saw this event because it it just separates, you know, us mere mortals from fucking these people at the very top of of this pro surfing tree because, fuck, there was some amazing shit going down, man. And it was big and scary. I mean... You only need to look at Goat coming in from his heat and pulling a handful of little goat pebbles out the back of his wetty to know it's fucking serious out there, Smithy. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, for mere mortals, that was borderline unsurfable most of the event, you know, and it really does separate... 
the weed from the chaff uh, in conditions like that. You know, that's really when you see the world's best and, and why they are the world's best. Just being able to manufacture scores in those kinds of conditions. Uh, you know, whether it be uh, some of the turns in those like critical heaving sandy cement dredges, or uh, you know, packing the filthiest double up backless fucking orbs like it was so hard to surf and fuck they made the conditions look good at times because it was pretty shit house a lot of the time even even like you know we're gonna get into it uh the, the callum robson 10 and all that like that oh, let's let's do it yeah, best let's, wave let's do best it. wave well surely we're gonna start there Best wave. Absolutely, best wave, no brainer. Uh, the, the best wave of the millennium. Oh, I mean, it's. Uh, I don't know if the Mayans saw anyone pack anything better than this. This was all fucking tap off the Richter. <laughs> you kidding me? Uh, I was. I watched it live, and I was just shocked. I mean, the the commentators let out like a laugh, an audible laugh, as he was paddling into it, just going, "Oh, jeez, Louise, this cunt's about to get flogged." Seven waves from Sunday. But uh, Robson, Callum, Cement Robson, as he's known, just, made one of the craziest, most cupped-out drops of all time. Mm. It just defied physics and gravity. Um, the way he was able to somehow... Like, there was, there was no entry point. That thing heaved and sucked so much water off the, the bank. The, the, there really was no entry point. It was weightless... Uh, just a weird, weightless, hucking, cupping detonator that he had no right to get to the bottom of. Um, and as it was, he found his feet somehow at the bottom and, and that that strange, like, bottom turn or whatever you call that, drawing a line uh, into the trough of that thing. It was just like pure leg press that at the HPC. It was just all... Fucking, that's what all the, the sweat and tears and hardship in the weights room gets you is just bizarre makes like that. It's the only word for it. Oh. I, I'm, I'm at a loss really to describe what I saw there. It was just yeah. hard in the mouth, oh, mate, just a fucking unbelievable thing. And then the, the, the backdraft on it as well. Uh, you know, he spoke about that after just like the, the, the sucking in of all that oxygen, just holding him in place. And then it blows out, and you can't see him. And it keeps blowing out again. A double cannoning, double up, eight foot drainer. And there he comes, screaming out the Evans Head Battler, the Woodburn mm-hmm. Wrecking Ball, the Casino Can't. <laughs> well, I've got a question for you, Smithy. Was the Cal Robo 10 not actually a wave, but indeed. The feared great white seacock emerging from 20,000 leagues to swallow the Woodburn Hardman hole, only to ejaculate him into the channel in a thick, obnoxious spray after breaking several of its teeth on the nuggety 5.8 for the Evans Head Bombers. It's a good question, Vaughan, because maybe we've got it all wrong. The mythology of the seacock may have been marginally misinterpreted, and in fact, uh, it is not a literal seacock but a wave that takes the shape of an angry seacock and blows its venom all over the number six's back. Exactly. And just as an aside, how good was it to see a number six jumping over the back repeatedly after getting cut up? The 5'8", right in the slot, playing what's in front of him, and just... Going straight up the gut, straight oh, through them. Yeah, mate, this was no wave. This was a, a, a mutant beast from ancient fathoms, deep, deep down in the deep, dark sea, way out there in the Atlantic. And in all seriousness, though, man, 
you think of waves, like single rides that have changed people's lives and announced them to the world. Like you've got waves that spring to mind, like Laurie Towner at Off the Wall, Kieran Perro flying off the step at Shippies, even Slater's first legit pipe bomb. Remember in um, Kelly Slater in Black and White, he gets this sort of real mm. thick, nuggety little orb on the inside first reef there and comes out and claims it. Well, this is Cal Robbo's moment, man. And like, you know, the Bells final is one thing. Like that's that's a fucking hell of an achievement for a rookie. But there is not a surfer alive with a, a social media account who does not know his name. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's how fucking high impact that wave was. And I've watched it a thousand times and it only gets better. And I just think it's a wave that will live in infamy and could actually change the course of, of Cal's life because, fuck, mate. Like, did, to have the figs, to have put in the lunges, to have fucking, you know, like you said, done the, the leg presses, the burpees, and to just have the fucking tenacity to get into that thing after that drop is just... Far out. It is a doff of major proportions for me, Smith. And is there a heavier sand bottom wave that's ever been packed and, and made? I mean, I, I can't think of one. I think that is the, the top of the pops, the number one sand bottom slab that's ever been served. In the context of him needing a score and, like, clock ticking down and just everything else, it's just grit! And- True grit! And, uh, oh... So happy. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that is worth mentioning. I mean, he needed an 8 and he drops a 10. And uh, Maxime Houston, you know, he opened the account with a pretty skits double up himself. And, um, I mean, the fact that it was a sand bottom wave is worth mentioning here because it wasn't pipe, it wasn't chopes, it wasn't a defined ledge with a defined takeoff spot. It was just fucking 99% closeouts that day. So, you know, from where he's looking, he's like, this thing could just chandelier me at the bottom of this and split me in half like Mick Fanning in the Mets. Mm. But, uh, mate, he, he, he sacked up. And he sent it. Yeah, and he's, he's back in. He's catapulted, you know, comes flying out of the Seacock mist and straight into the top 10, mate. The good to see, Robbo. Back where he belongs. Fuck yeah, Cal. Hamad. And uh, a doff of the cap. I mean, he, he had... He had the line and the read on those double-ups. Uh, I saw him knife another very similar drop. Uh, two, in fact. One was a make, but he didn't get the, the depth of tube and didn't get the, the, the you know, excellent score. But he managed another one in his quarter, a 9.57, a nuts one, uh, where the cameraman actually missed the drop. But it was thick and foamy, and he was so deep, just skimming through a cappuccino cement-grinding vortex. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he has made himself a legion of fans uh, for a display of absolute courage and bravado. And, I mean, I guess, you know, he's from the Northern Rivers in New South Wales. Like, he's, you know, when I first come across him, I actually thought he was from the Gold Coast. That was where I saw him do a lot of his surfing. So, you know, those mutant cement grinder days out at Kira, I'm sure held him in pretty good stead uh, in conditions like that. I mean, there's a slab up this way that's borderline uh, unpaddleable that uh, he he surfs as well. So, uh, you know, I'm sure that's where he developed that that level of just commitment, man, that the paddle power and the drop was just out of this world. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Smivy, I fucking loved your greatest stories never told. I think it's the most recent ep. If if you're listening to this, just go uh, scroll down, maybe one or two eps, and read about where Cal came from, what made him. It's fucking such a good listen, man. And, uh, 
yeah, you, you if you loved him already, get ready to love him a little bit even more, mate. Well said, Vaughn. Now, uh, the best heat. Sure, best heat, bro. I couldn't go past the men's final. I just thought it was a cracker. And just on paper alone, I mean, two surfers who are cu- carrying that much energy in in a final of an event like that in, in proper, you know, six to eight foot pits. I mean, Jiao Chianka and Jack Robinson, it's like they've dead set been struck by lightning. You won't see two more charged, more surfers in a flow state than those two right now. Team Vulcan stocks are going through the roof. Femi's getting a raise. Leo Dora's mm. getting a raise. Frick, they might even throw Yago an extra bone. <laughs> yeah, the final was sick. It was, uh, I mean, it was pretty much just a, a, a Yao, a Yao, you know, runaway there for the first 30-odd minutes. He just was in pure sync. And uh, I guess it's no great surprise from a surfer who's really just demanded attention for two years now. Like, a breakthrough win was inevitable that it's come in this, like, fucking heaving thick sand bottom sea cock fest. Well, fuck, it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> he's just so... Oh, he's just... He just fucking wants it that bad, hey? And and Jack, you know, showed the typical grit that we've really just come to love him for in the past 18 months. Like, you know, Zhao is just having a day on the fucking field, man. And, and Jack just doesn't... He's never rattled, hey? He's just... He digs deep... Rolls up the sleeves, backs himself even with five minutes to go, gets himself out of combo with a fucking just an absolute dreamy little fucking nug. And, um, yeah, yeah, it was fucking just, it was a really cool heat, man. It was great that he, he did manage to, to break that combo and get back within a single ride because every single time he does it, it just gives him more belief for the next time he's in that scenario. So, I mean, far out. It's, uh, it's a good heat, but I actually had uh before we go into you know Zhao's performance i actually had the um best heat as the yago versus italo into griff griff versus gabe heat because that was fucked up dude you had four surfers out there absolutely going so ham with four different approaches like italo just got clipped on a full-blown heat winner like such some fucking manic tube riding by him and uh, he just continues to live on the razor's edge, eh? Hey? Like, it, 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 if he's not going to fucking get through the heat, he's right there or thereabouts. Yeah, I thought Yago's backhand belts were just fucking Jesus out of control, dude. Like, he was just so solid in those big, thick pockets. You know, they've got so much energy, and he's actually going at them with just so much fucking aggro. Uh, Gabe did, like, a huge lofty full rotator in the same heat. Uh, did a lip blam. I thought he was starting to find some rhythm. And then Griff just gets gargled into this fucking throaty seacock again and chunted out like a 13-year-old after a fucking cask of passion pop. It's just a full thunder egg, so much juice. And that to me, man, like the overlapping heat with those four surfers in the water was just non-stop action. No waiting around. Big finishes and... Fuck, pro surfing at its best, man, for me. Like, I just, I, I couldn't believe what I was watching. I was like, this is just such a froth fest. And, uh, yeah, two big names getting ousted as well. So, pretty amazing. But, yeah, the final, fuck. Yeah, that, that, that was the highest scoring heat of the whole comp. So, you're, you're right to call it the best heat. Mm, yeah, I mean, the, the overlapping heats, geez, it's such a good format. And it's, it's like, it's exactly the compromise between 
you know, having the four-man heats where you've got these dog fights and there's great theatre and there's tempers fraying. Like, I love that. When I watch sport, I want to see that. I want to see waves ridden and I want to see a contest uh, between the surfers against each other. Um, and I, I guess this is the compromise. You get four surfers, but you don't have the, you know, the, the 80s, 90s, argy-bargy. Um, so, uh, yeah, just just all we want to see is waves ridden, and they've, they've nailed it at the WCL, so I hope they stick with that. But it's a good point, yeah. Vaughan. Uh, mate, the Brazilians <clears throat> coming in at all angles on both sides of the draw. Um, yeah, on the other side, yeah, Jao, of course, who just absolutely destroyed the hopes and dreams of Aussie surf fans. Oh, man. I mean, ugh, he just <laughs> freaking from Ethan Ewing, I think in the, the round of uh, 16, was it? He, he gets the nod in a, in a scrappy dogfight, a bit of hassling and gamesmanship from the Brazo, possibly getting in the head of the North Strati style master. But uh, then he goes on to knock our man O'Leary's Ebra in the last five minutes of the quarters of a... Thick pipeline-esque gem of a left. Big blowout. Got a seven and the win. Uh, then he knocks Callum Concrete Robson in the semis in what was a, a classic tube shootout and a, a, a close one for, for heat of the event. Um, and then obviously getting the nod over the Margaret River Vortex Shaman in the final. And just on the final, I mean, while Jack wasn't rattled, he was woefully out of rhythm uh, for two-thirds of that final. Uh, he opened proceedings with a, a pretty so-so 6-1-7 for a you know, fairly regulation under the lip takeoff for him, and he put the pie in the oven, took it out, and came flying out into an N-section kapow. Uh, but that was about it for Jack for the vast majority of the heat. Um, obviously, as you mentioned, he, he hit back with a, a, a pretty nuts one, like a... Uh, with five on the clock, he uh, got probably the, the biggest wave of the final. It was just a sick, classical frontside knife into the trough and tucked up and behind a big dagger of a section, blown out into a big carve for an 8.97. But through that whole middle part of the final, uh, he just couldn't find a good wave, and he was, but he kept packing him. And you always wonder what that does, you know, in terms of just sucking the juice from the tank and just providing a, a bit of a rattle. Obviously, he was able to shake it off and, and, and get that, that wave at the end. But yeah, just, just couldn't find the rhythm. Um, whereas Jiao, mate, he was in rhythm from start to finish. It was an absolute clinic from the Brazilian. Uh, he, he struck first blood with a 7.83 for an under-the-lip mini airdrop takeoff and then somehow set a rail instantly and then just pumped through the squared-out trough of this thing and blew its guts out. A sick one. And uh, I think, uh, yeah, he got that 8-5. He, he, he just seemed to be way too deep and uh, found an entry point and just contorted his frame. And, uh, yeah, just uh, a mental one. I might be getting the scores mixed up here. Maybe the airdrop was the 8-5. But, anyway, the clincher was the 9-7. That, that was the super deep, under-the-lip drop. And uh, the thing just appeared to, to run off about him, only for him to come flying out the end. Definitely entered the realm of the Vladimir glitch cone and uh, <laughs> reminiscent of John's one at backdoor to start the year. Mm. And then he just went on a full-blown barrel binge for Just oh, a pig in shit, a Polynesian at an all-you-can-eat buffet, just devouring the bastard. Back-to-back backside blowouts. The second one was a peach and eight for a, a trademark swooping pig dog knife and a 
big high line, grab rail pump, quick corn rinse, adjusted his hair and the lip line refre- reflection, and then he was out. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was uh, he was having it. He could not even believe what was going on. It was almost a bit sort of shades of the Kelly Seth Moniz uh, pipe final day. You reckon? I mean, not not so much the ways, but just the. The pure flow, like the flow state that Zhao was in, the rhythm that he had, fuck, he had more rhythm than Stevie Wonder, mate. He was just starting to trip out by the end of it. A little bit of a hairy moment. Like, it must rattle you just a tiny bit when someone breaks that combo situation with three or four minutes to go because same thing happened to Kelly at Pipe. But, I mean, it was just a well-earned win and uh, the fucking cone fest he had was just, what a way to win. I mean, Portugal really does smile on some people. It's a fucking hard wave to get a read. And, um, yeah, man, I just uh, I was super impressed, super impressed with that and, and happy, happy for him, even though, you know, of course you're going for J- the fucking Vortex Shaman every day of the week. But, you know, Zhao, he is one of our little swellian princes as well, man. Yeah, well, maybe we'll give that, that show another go, uh, another airing in the next week or so so we can – Dwell in the genius of this tube freak and uh, just power hacking maniac. I mean, they've got all bases covered, don't they? The Brazilians. Uh, they got obviously the the aerial supremos. They have the mortgage undeniably in that realm of surfing. But then they're they're bringing up these power slashing, gouging style masters and tube freaks in the form of Jiao Chianka. So really, no weak points. Uh, all those old school. Write-offs for Brazilian surfings, grovel masters, bad styles. I mean, I, I dig Jao's style. There's, there's so much energy and body talk in it. There's, you just get such a dose of his personality in his surfing. A deserved win and uh, great to see him you know, back where he belongs, which is well at the top of world surfing, man. It was, it was hard to watch him get knocked uh, at the cut last year and to see him power through that adversity and... Um, yeah, it's very satisfying to watch, man. And he was a great guy. It was a pleasure having him on the show. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, all, all best of luck to him. Now, Vaughn, the breakthrough performance. Bad breakthrough. Uh, hard, to sp- hard to split for mine between Katie Simmers and Jiao Chianka. I mean, for sure, Katie's performance was the headline grabber of the event, claiming her first CT win in her rookie year at the tender age of 17. And she did it the hard way, uh, losing first up and fighting her way out of the elimination round at the expense of Tyler Wright. But uh, yeah, her, her run really got going in the round of 16, getting the nod over her junior sparring partner, Caroline Marks, in a, a, a banger of a heat. Um, yeah, she uh, really got going with a, a, a big backside carve into a backside closeout Rio for a 7-3-3 but it was her second wave in that heat that was a real ripper one of uh, the best ones she put together in the event just a deep bottom turn and a savage critical hook right in the meat of the bowl and followed up with another pretty sick Rio for a 7-8-3 in the win got the better of Sophie McCulloch in a low scoring quarterfinal uh, a mental carve in the bowl to vert closeout Rio combo for an 8-6-7 to beat Macy Callahan in the semis. Uh, and the final, what did you make of the final? Down a nine-point ride to Courtney Conlog, who got a pretty sick pit uh, within the first couple of minutes, showed plenty of character to come back from that. Oh, big time. I was blown away, man. What, three comps into her career and she's got a win. And how deadly can you get, mate? Like, all the hype, like, it's... 
she, I don't know why, man, but she reminds me of Taj Burrow so much. You know, like he, he took the year off to her. I mean, yeah, similar stories. That's why. But, you know, took the year off, came out, came second in the world in, in his first proper campaign at it. And uh, I just couldn't believe that she did it in waves that, you know, you wouldn't expect a lithe little creature who would probably get blown away by a three-knot offshore to do well in. But that's the class of this this generation, man, the class of Katie Simmers. I think the old guard just must be shaking in their boots, Smith, because this, this new crew, you know, along with Molly Picklum and Betty Lou and uh, all that, that, that full push that is happening, like, like the idea of coming up against these women at trestles where there'll be a massive, you know, I know what, like, you know, what Steph did last year was fucking just in another, on another planet. But there's going to be a big emphasis on progression with these women coming through and they are not scared to hark. And I just feel like, yeah, I feel like if you were the, the old guard, you would definitely be fucking a bit nervous in your boots. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. She did this. This win came on the back of real foundation surfing. Hey, like big snaps, big finishes, intelligent wave selection, and fuck, man, if you get those things right consistently, like, you'll nail probably 80% of your heat, heats. Like, you'll probably win, eight, like, a big, big percentage of them. Just like in footy, if you, if you stick to your basics, you know, like, you, you set the platform for all the flary shit to come on the back of it. But she just stuck to her guns and got it done. And, man, that's just maturity beyond your years. So, like, far out. What a breakthrough performance from Katie Simmers. So exciting to uh, see how the big dogs respond. Yeah, uh, after going down that nine so early in the heat, she answered back uh, with a nice but pretty brief pit uh, and a couple of turns for a seven and then backed it up immediately with a 6-3-3 for a hefty layback jam and a nice closeout Rio. Uh, that was front side, a uh, bit of an airdrop on the landing with the Rio. But I like the comparison with Taj. Uh, just her technique, her stance, it's... So, uh, what's the word? Electric. Uh, you know, she's really able to get super deep on the bottom turn and just hark super critical turns, reach positions of the wave that not many women are getting to, and uh, with plenty of style and flow through the maneuver. Um, yeah, uh, you get the feeling that that new guard of herself and Molly. Just stylistically and technically, they seem to be on another level to everything that's come mm. before them. You know. Mate, I, I tell you, most like r- got like male surfers who fully rip would be frothing to have styles uh, and technique as, as good as those two. Yep, totally agree, man. A huge breakthrough event for Katie, and now like you know the the, the pressure starts to swing, man. But uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I had uh, Zhao and uh, Katie as my breakthrough performance for sure. It was just it was uh, so cool to see new champions, and and it's so cool to see, you know. Fucking the crew who want it more getting results because there was a time there where your big your big four or five, uh, you know, John, John, Gabby, Italo, Phil, they could just coast to victories. Well, not now. I mean, you, this comp proved it. If if you're up against a Zhao, a Jack Robbo, you better be bringing some fucking energy, man, because those people are just going to steamroll you with pure enthusiasm. Like they want it, they want it more, and it's and it's showing. So. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of questions to be answered. And uh, I think... 
this is my suspicion, Smithy. I reckon on the women's side, the the Stephs, the Carissas, the uh, Tylers, like they've got reason to be nervous. Whereas I think we'll see a genuine response from the John Johns and Gabbies and Phils and stuff on the men's side. I think they'll come out with like ready for the fight. So yeah, different kind of uh, different moods going on with both tours at the moment. But who do you yeah, have to pure I mean, melt? Pure man? melt. Take your pick. Uh, the event was a bloodbath for the big dogs on both sides of the draw. Uh, Tyler Wright bombing out in dead last. Steph going down in the round of 16, which now leaves her at 14th place. Huge. Deep in Cutland. Uh, Carissa losing to a wild card. Mm. Delanda Hopkins also in the round of 16. And then in the men's, you had Toledo get knocked out by WQS journeyman, Joanne Daru. Daru. Uh, yeah, yeah, Philippe was unable to manage more than a combined mm. total of six in that heat. John also getting knocked. Uh, John Florence, that is, getting knocked in the round of 32 against Indonesian rookie Rio Wider. Man, uh, that was a shock. I mean, uh, Portugal's been a ha- happy hunting ground for him in the past. He's had a 10 there. He won his first world title there. But uh, that said, you know, give him stormy junkie onshore backwash dog shit and yeah watch him watch him suffer he he started that heat of a full backside bog and yes it was exactly as ugly as it sounds just an old-fashioned toilet seat gripping vein bursting bog in the bowl that sprayed water all over cornhole (laughs) and he never even got the chance to rinse it off after Vaughn it was just crumbly onshore garbage and uh a couple of one and two hitters for a combined total, I think it was around eight or seven. So an absolute dismal showing on the back of a very poor showing at sunset. Uh, an early round bomb out there too on the back of some uh, nasty food poisoning or uh, some kind of stomach bug. Mm. So yeah, I mean, um, I don't know. Take your pick. I, I, don't, I don't. I can't really pick one over another in that one. I mean, Toledo going out to Joanne Daru, that, that That's a that's a boil over deluxe. Uh, John having two shockers in a row. I mean, far out. How long's it been since that happened? Mm. Yeah, yeah, look, I, I, I had two big melts. I had uh, Steph Gilmore obviously needed a result here to just just take a bit of pressure off coming in the Aussie leg. Well, she's got fucking so much work to do now, man. Like it's it's scary, and uh, I'll come back to that in a second. But Kanoa Igarashi, like, right. We're talking about a silver Olympic medalist, a finalist from last year's Rip Curl Was Finals, surfing what is essentially his home event. He is in all sorts at the moment. His season is just a nightmare. His body language looks all tripped out. His attitude looks frustrated and wiggy. And I'm just reminded of something you said a while ago, Smith, that using aggression and desire to smash people, we saw a sort of hints of it in in the Griffin v. Kanoa episode of Make or Break. It just is taxing, man. Like, you, at some point, it just sort of works against you, and it just looks like Kanoa's having a fucking... I I don't know what's going on, but it looks like maintaining that aggression and frustration is actually working against him right now. And you compare Kanoa Igarashi, who has every, every opportunity, major backing, like, you know, entourage and all that, Compare his approach to Callum Robson, who just approaches heats with, with his fucking high vis and his work hat on, and he just uh, there, there's no emotion. He just rolls up his sleeves, picks up his shovel, fucking rips in. 
And it's just like chalk and cheese between these two guys at the moment. One of them's just approaching it like, this is what I'm here to do, uh, as he said in your your excellent profile piece. And the other guy is just kind of having a bit of a, a, a pure melt. So that's that's surprising to me see uh, Kanoa way down in the rankings. And just looking at the ratings, man, geez, there's some hectic situations unfolding down the, the back end there. Kanoa, Slater, and Dino. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, women's equally sort of shocking with Steph way, way down. So, oh, mate, there was some melts there. There was some melts there. But, yeah, I think uh, I think Sally Fitz also in a bit of tr- strife. So, what does it all mean? What is it all going to mean as we hit the Aussie leg, Smithy? Yeah, I mean, that's a big question. Uh, before we get to it, though, I just wanted to uh, acknowledge what for me was the biggest surprise of the event. And uh, surprise! Yeah. Yeah. did the GOAT just retire, Vaughn? Uh, he, he took to Instagram, uh, I think it was a story, uh, where he said this is the last time we'll see him this year and, and maybe ever on tour. Uh, which, you know, I feel is a, a bit pedantic given he's equal 24th and, and right on the cut line with two events still to come. Uh, neither of them, you know, his favourite events on tour. Bells he's done well at and it does suit his surfing, I think. Margaret River, if we get a day at the box uh, or North Point. Don't know if North Point's still an option, but uh, Margs is not outside his wheelhouse either. He had that amazing semi-final with Taj there. Uh, you know, he's got form at that wave. But yeah, he might have called it. it Oh, and I wouldn't blame him if he has uh, had a gut fill because every single heat he's surfed so far has been stormy or gutless or wishy-washy horseshit. And, you know, the guy's 51. Mm. He's spending some of the last best years of his life surfing jumble gibberish when he could be at Pea Pass or Pipe stuff in his face right now. So uh, <laughs> I, I was surprised yeah. by, I mean, I guess just the, the lack of pageantry. Uh, from the 11-time world champion GOAT, uh, if that was his method of pulling the pin on his long and storied world tour career. I mean, where's the ticker tape parade down Kakoa Beach or uh, uh, Avalon or, I don't know, any of his uh, global homes? But, uh, yeah, what do you reckon? I mean... Well, I think the biggest surprise is... Uh, an even bigger surprise is that no one's even reported on it because it's it's just been the, the boy who cried wolf for so long now. You know, the speculation uh, around when uh, Kelly's going to retire, it's all people have asked him for, like, nigh on a decade. <laughs> Mate, it's just funny that, you know, he makes this kind of really, uh, like, like, nowhere near as cryptic as his normal sort of, like, I've done me you know, this could be it or I'm feeling a bit tired. Like, it's a pretty straight-up statement. And no one's pounced on it, Smithy, except for the the two-time Gold Cone Peace Award winner. Well, well done. Doff the cap mm. to you, mate. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to jump the gun, though. He is, as you mentioned, a repeat offender. And I can remember for sure uh, at least one time in my early career reacting to a similar Slater tidbit and, you know, rushing to the laptop to bash it out, writing a story uh, for Stab about his impending retirement, only for him to do a 180 and leave the two-time gold cone piece award winner getting screamed at by McIntosh or Riley or somebody. And, uh, you know, just me having to write a retraction. Oh, fucking goat. Fucking 11-time. Fucking fuck. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you know, it could be another one of those. Who knows? Who knows what the goat is thinking, Vaughn? Oh, but well, we can pontificate yeah. no, well, and we will pontificate. Hey, uh, I just had one other pure melt too that I remembered. I, I, in the lead up to Portugal, we rang Wilco for a, a blitzed 
heads up on who he thought would do well. And he said Tyler Wright and John John Florence. They were his picks Oh, well so played. Huge melt yeah. from Wilco. Don't take any tips off Wilco. And uh, yeah, what's it all mean? What's it all mean, man? Well, as the two are heads down under for the Aussie leg, what it all means is there's some big names with plenty of ground to make up and none bigger than the woman you mentioned, reigning world champ, Steph Gilmore. I mean, a lot of work to do. Ranked 14th in the world, well beneath the cut line, but she has been here before in an almost identical position, in fact, last year. And uh, she's got two long period right reef breaks coming up. And, uh, you know, that, that is well suited to her surfing, let's just say. So I'm backing her to get the job done. But, uh, wow, man, she's got some work to do. It's a, a terrifying situation. Holy shit. I wonder how the nerves and the stress levels are at and how she's managing that. Yeah, man, that's a good question. And I've got another, like, just, just something to marinate on here, Smithy. Like, last year, Sally Fitz missed the cut, but was given this sort of reprieve on the back of her service to surfing. But can you imagine that the women's tour would, would they respect a similar move from the was if Steph fails to make the cut, considering that she is a genuine title contender? Because she's proven she can do it from last place. She scraped in to that cut line last year and then went all the way to the world title on the back half of the season. So can you imagine, like, you know, uh, some sort of protest or outcry from the women on tour if Steph misses his cut but then gets the, the Sally Fitz free ticket for the back half of the season? Yeah, I mean, they can't do it. It's just getting all too wishy-washy. Like, uh, surfing needs to just, like any other sport, have some really black and white markers. It can't be arbitrary. It can't be, what like, wild cards and, you know, uh, event uh, sponsors picking people to surf in events like there has to be a cut and dry rating system so you know that you have to tick boxes a b and c to get to point d or whatever it is but yeah i fear surfing uh is going to compromise its integrity if they start pulling wild cards out like that um and you know just on that like the closer we get to the carter and just seeing situations like steph like kanoa uh, I mean, we've already seen, there's precedent for it, obviously, with, with Morgs. But, uh, I mean, is, is there anything like this in world sport, a, a mid-year cut, and, you know, where in such a short amount of time you, you're given this opportunity to prove yourself, and if you don't, you're gone? Like a, a bad run of form in a, the early part of the year can, can cruel you and, and just send you, just prematurely end your career out of nowhere. It's a... It's quite strange. It's so weird, but uh, yeah, I mean, for I guess while we're all just completely absorbed by it, it's not going to change anytime soon. But yeah, man, that's that's it's a good point though. It is entertaining. It, it does create so many narratives and uh, so much interest in otherwise middle of the road heat. So I mean, we've had this conversation yeah, before, yeah. but and I think. Um, at the, I, I, the closer we get, the the more stark it all seems. Seeing names like Steph like battling, and, and you know that if she gets knocked, it's pretty hard to imagine her going back on the the regional uh, series and the, and the Challenger series. Mm, yeah, no, that's really hard to picture. But gee whiz, man! I mean, far out. What's it all mean? Like for me, there's a very, a very sort of obvious trend going on right now, Smithy, uh, after the first three events of the year, and that is that. Desire is 
easily trumping God-given freakish talent. I mean, fucking Felipe at Sunset was probably the exception to that. But in every other case, I feel like we're just seeing, you know, the the crew who want it more are getting the results. The judges are are fully respecting that energy. And I just feel like we've got a collision coming because I really am expecting on the men's side of the draw, John John, Gabe, Italo, Philippe and all those guys to actually fucking go bananas in the back in this this next two events because I reckon they've had their pants pulled down a bit and uh, I don't think they like having uppity groms coming at them and I think on the women's side that changing the guard is in full effect and I'm just wondering whether the nerves from our established queens will affect them trying to muscle out the uh, the, the the fresh energy. Can they find something something to charge their batteries and, and sort of hit the ground with, uh, you know, the full force that they're capable of producing during the Australian leg? It's, it's pretty exciting, Smithy. It's ramping up, old boy. Let's do it. Let's get into it. Bring on the Aussie leg. And, yeah, I love that point, Fawn. It's true. That, that tenacious uh, never-say-die attitude that's been on display uh, by your, your Jow Chiankas and the like, your, your Callum Robsons. Uh, you know, it's undeniable. Like, it's, I don't know whether it's the judges giving them the rub or, or the ocean or uh, what it is, but it's remarkable to see that kind of energy, commitment, and competitive desire get rewarded in the fashion it is. Uh, the, the purebreds, the, those with the pro surfing pedigree who grew up on the, the doorstep of Pipeline and uh, elsewhere, yeah, it, it's not all... That it used to be, Vaughn. It's uh, this could be a year for the battler. Beautiful, Smithy. Beautiful competition surfing. Rashes. Oh, yeah. Maybe I can get up. Pure tour nerdism. 